Welcome, everyone. This is CapsCorner.com. Podcast, CapsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CapsCorner.com. Coming to you live from the palatial Franklin Estates in the West End of Richmond, where it is uh, Wednesday night, April the 19th, uh, as we record this one. Um, it should be, um, what, another, we got another week or so until um, spring ball. We get another practice on Tuesday, so there'll be plenty to talk about on that front. Uh, we are going to talk a little um, uh, football tonight as well as some, some basketball, so let's get into it before we do uh, go up to uh, Fishersville and uh, welcome David Spence. To the show. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Brad. Thanks for asking. Who Dave's on the board at? Who Dave's on Twitter? Uh, Cavs Corner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner. Great place for our in-game updates, content items, and the occasional witty banter. Uh, Justin Ferber not with us tonight. Uh, he did he actually say uh, he was just running late? Uh, we decided to we had to push this back a little bit, and, um, and but he also lost a phone uh, tragically in a in a hot tub accident. Um, sometimes that doesn't wanna, happen when you're married with kids. <laughs> sometimes I would just want to live Ferber's life. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> hot tub oh okay <laughs> so um so an interesting sort of of week uh for the for the for the football team in, in some ways right um you know they've got uh i feel like they've got some some pieces at wide receiver but they lose david eldridge to transfer um given uh what he was uh you know quoted as saying to to our buddy uh andrew Ranspacker in the um uh, daily progress it sounds like fit was was the issue but maybe specifically on the field fit um he didn't really talk much about the off the field stuff uh which was sort of the um the general consensus when it came to to landon words departure um i guess let's start here dave is this a is this a transfer decision that that gives you any heartburn yes and no i mean look when you're a team that it's had trouble scoring points over the majority of my adult life um it's, wow. uh, that's any, so true though <laughs> any yeah anytime you lose you lose a guy who look you know, we we've talked about it all fair i mean he didn't have a whole lot of catches over his career but he did have some big catches so um you know it's a long season and you're limited with 85 scholarships um and obviously you know we haven't bumped up against that number as often as you like as a program. So anytime you lose someone who's shown he can can produce on the field, of course it's it's a bad thing because you can't replace him at this point unless you just happen to find a grad transfer out there. Um, that said, there is some young talent coming in um, who you know may have had a little bit, you know, Sean Smith and, and Darnell Pratt specifically, who seem to have a similar skill set. Um, now, if all he was being asked to do was go deep, maybe you can train those guys up to go deep pretty quick. Um, right. So, yeah, I mean, yes and no. It's, yeah, I'd leave it at that. Well, I, here's here's my thing. And and I get that, like, every time there's a decision like this, you know, there's going to be a little kerfuffle on the, on the boards. You know, people are, are going to get um, a little flabbergasted. They're going to be, uh, y- y- look, transfers are the thorn in your side at this point, right? I mean, it, it just kind of is the way that it is, okay? Um, I, I feel like I don't want to tell folks not to be concerned because it, it, it makes sense that if there's a guy who's leaving and he's a, and he's a player that you were excited about seeing, or even you thought was integral, um, it, it's, it, it, it can throw you for a loop. And, and I also understand too, that there's a cumulative effect here going on, right? You have basketball transfers that have kind of become a thing. Football transfers have kind of somewhat become a thing, but really it, Virginia, at least, has been more about bringing guys in than, than sending guys out. 
the Landon Word one, I, I think, is much more um, concerning because, if, at least in terms of the of the between the lines sort of um, uh, storyline. I mean, if you think about what. Landon was poised to be. I mean, he was in line to be the starter opposite Micah Kaiser. He would have been a three-year starter. Um, and, and a you know, I mean, if you, I don't know if you want to count last year as being a quote-unquote starter, but for you know a large part of the season, he was a major contributor. So losing him is a big deal. David, look, Diggy is a, like I said in the board. He's a he's a good kid. Was always easy to work with. Uh, I appreciate everything. Um, you know that that he has uh, the time he's given me, or the uh, you know the the, uh, the willingness to be quoted, and that kind of thing. Um, in terms of what Virginia has right now, you got Andre Lavroni, you got um, Donnie Dowling coming back, you, you got Alameda Zacchaeus, uh, you got Joe Reed, you, you got Hasis Dubois, you got uh, Cole Blackman. You're, like you mentioned, you got Pratt and Smith coming in. That's a f- that's a fair amount of wide receivers. Not to mention the fact that you know Virginia's going to do a little pass into the running back especially with uh, Daniel Ham and Jordan Ellis poised to sort of maybe even play some two-back stuff. So I just I, I think that anytime you lose a talented player, it's tough. Um, and, it's, and it's tough to lose a kid like that because you saw potential and you – I mean, he, he really did have a problem sort of staying on the field um, injury-wise. I mean, I know that when I saw him, I, I guess, at the second practice that we got to see, he was, he was on the bike, I believe. Um, you, you know, it, it, he, do, he does have a lot of potential. And – Wherever he ends up, he he can he obviously can make a lot of noise, and and I appreciate a, a guy who says, you know what, uh, I, I think I'm a different player um, than the coaching staff thinks, and I think it's in, in my best interest to, to head somewhere else. Um, there have been a lot of players that have felt that way, some right, some wrong. Um, I, I'm never going to begrudge a kid for making a decision for himself, and I think that's what, what David did here. Um, but I, I think in terms of what Virginia has, uh, at wide receiver, I, I don't, I, I just don't see that this having a huge impact. And that, again, I don't mean that as any disrespect. I'm just saying yeah. one of the reasons maybe that he didn't have the sort of role that he wanted was because they did have some other talent. Now they run into a bunch of injuries, and all of a sudden all bets are off, right? But at this point, I just, I, I just kind of feel like uh, it's a situation where um, he probably, he probably saw himself sort of being already being on the outside looking in, uh, and he, and he had to, feel, he felt like he had to do. Um, you know, what he what he had to do. Yeah, I mean, and I think something I haven't seen discussed is, you know, he deserves some credit. If this was on his mind, making the decision at this point shows me he's not selfish. I mean, um, he could have gone through spring practice and then told the staff, but, you know, you don't get but so many practices. Um, so telling the staff now, I mean, they'll get, I can't remember how many are left, but four or five at least, I'd imagine. Um, you know, four or five practices to look at guys that, maybe weren't get his, getting the reps when Eldridge was healthy. So, yeah, he, he did the team a solid by – if he's going to transfer and was leaning towards it, to go ahead and to make it known when they can at least get some reps for the other guys. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and, and like I said, I, I, the second practice that we got to see, um, you know, he was on the bike. So I'm not sure how much – yeah. that was still – the thing was nagging him or whatnot. But you're right. I think he, do, he does himself as well as the team a solid by being – you know, by, by going ahead and making a decisive – um, decision, not not you know wanting to go through the summer and then you know whatever, but also too, I mean he he's looking to move on. And like I said, I, I know folks are are weary, um, you know of of sort of the the way the transfer thing works. And 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 Diggy was a guy, you know, um, he was you know he was a deep threat. He's a you know a guy deep run you know kind of kid. He could do a lot. Um, he, I, I do think that maybe in the scheme. 
you know, in terms of blocking, in terms of size, you know, you need a little bit more from him. It seems like to me, and Dave, you probably have a good feel for this because you're 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 like a, a slotting sort of nerd. But it seems like to me the staff has kind of two views of the wide receiver, right? They want a prototypical, like they want a Dubois or a Reed, right? A big dude who can block people, but who can also catch in traffic as well as downfield. And they want a quick twitch, smaller guy they can move all over the place in the Lamade Zacchaeus, maybe Sean Smith sort of mold. Would you say? Would you say that's fair? I, I mean, I'm not trying to. Yeah. I'm not trying to simplify it too much, but it almost feels like Diggy was a little bit in between those two things, and maybe being a tweener just wasn't the right thing. You know? Yeah, I mean, I think that's true in all like spread offenses. I mean, you, if your receiver is not good enough to be, you know, kind of near the line of scrimmage and be a threat to catch and block then having him near the line of scrimmage is not a good thing. So you either want to get space vertically or horizontally. Um, you can only stretch so far you know, horizontally. Uh, so you know, if, you can't, if you can't do both, you, you're going to go deep. So there's going to be someone who fills the role who likely goes deep all the time. Um, you know, you get a kid like um, Alamity who can do both and – uh, then you're, you've got a special team, but you know if you can't block it in the box, and I'm not saying you couldn't, because look, I haven't been in any practices this spring, um, <laughs> didn't see enough on tape. Um, but you know if you can't block on the box, it makes sense in the box. It makes sense that you're going to be sent deep to take your man away. Well, and the other thing I, I, I kind of want to touch on with this uh, is, and and I want to kind of have a little bit a bigger discussion about transfers. Listen, I. I know that they're, like I said before, people are a little weary. Um, you know, we hear transfers here. But I, I thought there was some hand-wringing um, initially that I was a little bit surprised by because, quite frankly, like, I'm I'm somewhat surprised there haven't been more. I mean, you're talking about a significant sort of change in direction in the program and whatnot. And, I mean, yeah, there were a bunch of defections, if you want to call them that, from that first recruiting class, um, kids who essentially – were were between a rock and a hard place when it came to uh, fulfilling the commitment they made to a previous coaching staff or trying to test the waters in a very short amount of time. But, like, dude, like, these guys, some of these guys definitely did not sign up for this. You know, and 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 one thing I've always found interesting is the, the, the staff is very insistent on guys coming to practice and seeing what is expected of them before a kid commits. They really want it, They really want guys to see what it actually is like before they do. And I always think that's a smart move because you don't want guys, you know, surprised. But some of these kids, like I said, they didn't sign up for this. And that's okay. Like, there's nothing wrong with people saying, you know what, this ain't for me. Now, if people are, are, are disgruntled and they're upset and the things that they're upset about are specific to the way players are managed or the way that the positions are, are slotted or the way that the t- playing time is kind of doled out, then, you know what, that's a, that's a different sort of discussion. But in, in terms of, like, transfers out i mean realistically like i just and and hopefully i'm not um uh i'm not jinxing it because lord knows i I don't want to have to worry about um you know a whole bunch of you know so so and so's transferring threads on the board but i just feel like it's one of those things that it happens you know students transfer schools student athletes leave schools at at actually a lower um percentage rate and so in in a lot of ways, it's just if I am almost surprised that there haven't been more. Are, are you in the same boat? I mean, do you are you surprised that there haven't been more? I mean, I am, and I mean, I, I'm fully expecting. Not that I have any inside knowledge, I'm fully expecting a couple more before the season starts next year. Um, you always get a couple after spring, even when there's not 
as drastic of a change in, in philosophy over the past couple of years. Um, but I mean, you can be upset if you want to about it, but let's be realistic. We're, we've got potential of five starters on our team next year that are transfers in. So, you know, it goes both ways. That's a good point. And, and look, the other thing about transfers is, is that I think for some people there's a difference between grad transfers who want to go and spend their last season somewhere else. You know, they've almost like in a way sort of like fulfilled their obligation. You know, they, they went, they came and got their degree. They, they played for the team at that point, and then they decided to spend that at last year somewhere else. But in a way, at the same time, Virginia is going to have, like you said, significant contributions this season from transfers. Um whether that's you know obviously Kurt Benkirk seems uh, in line to to be the the starter again, Marvin Sanders is is clearly going to be uh, in some type of competition with Devontae Cross to sort of be that other guy. Though, complete side note tangent here, I, I do need to mention that like I think sometimes when we talk about that thing, the the idea like that these two the two running quarterbacks are going to be in competition with each other. I don't know if they if one if they see Marvin as being as versatile as Devontae is, and two if Marvin sees himself being as versatile as Devontae. Like Devontae is all over the field. I mean, like he's all over the place. Um, sometimes he's doing drill work with wide receivers. Sometimes he's doing drill work with running backs. Sometimes he's in there with the QBs. Like he they can they can line that dude up in in a variety of spots. Um, and I don't think they're doing it specifically because one time they want to th- let let him throw a pass. I think they genuinely want to see what he can do. Um, I don't know if they're going to do the same thing with Marvin that way. And so in a way we can think of it as a competition between them, but in, it also might not kind of turn out that way. Um, but you're right. Transfers are, are going to be a part of Virginia football. And, and I think the staff has, has been got, you know, coach, uh, Mendenhall as well as, uh, other, um, you know, staff members have been on Like, look, they're going to have to take some more. They're going to have to take a couple more on the offense on, in the trenches, especially, uh, you're probably going to see them, you know, continue to try to build out the depth as best they can that way. Because if you get the transfers in, you don't have to push kids through um, who maybe aren't physically ready. And um, the offensive line, you, th- those three kids might all start. I mean, who knows at this point? It's it's it it remains yeah. to very much remains to be seen. I, I don't know if um, I, I don't know if that's a you know a super. Um, a super negative or not. I, I just think that it's just sort of the reality of the, uh, of how you deal with, uh, with, with roster, um, uh, issues with succession issues. And I know, I, I know that there's a lot of been a lot of talk about that, but I just kind of feel like what they, what they have to do in the, in the fall is obviously get an offensive line that's ready. Uh, I do think that to not having the, the depth there this spring is actually helping those kids because they're getting a lot of reps. Um, I'll be interested to see how they kind of stack things up um, for the festival, um, which will, you know, like I said, a lot of this, a lot of the practices are nothing. I mean, they're, they're largely just 11 on 11 work. I mean, they are just playing football. You know, sometimes it's situational, but largely it's just football. There's not a whole lot of um, of song and dance. Uh, and I know you're a big fan of this, uh, the the ring um, that they've been I'm doing. I'm just a big fan of, like, after – you know, all last spring, it seemed like every video was about will development and culture. I like, and now, like, I'm not saying that wasn't needed because we, we discussed that before. Like, there there were more problems than what was just on the field of Virginia with, fo- with the football program. Um, but it, it's nice just to see them just getting at it, just playing football. Um, you know, it's like, does it mean anything in the long run? No, but it's just it's refreshing to see. It. I don't, I don't. It doesn't tell me anything to expect this fall um i mean it's 
you know, not not to go out on a tangent, but I found myself like in this weird like. Normally, this time of year, you're starting to get kind of psyched up. It's you know, doesn't matter what's happened in the last ten years. It seems like this is around the time of year because this is usually the weekend of the spring game right. um, festival this year. Um, you start to get excited and see some pieces and think things are going to turn this year. We got a new coordinator. We're doing this different. Um, I don't have that same excitement this year. And look, I'm excited for football season because I enjoy it, but it's also this like nervousness about it just because. Yeah, you know how far we were, you know how how bad last year went, um, and it's just it just seems like you know we we were at a point last year where you had Maryland without a coach, Tech without a coach, and Virginia without a coach, um, really, and now we we are where we are. You know, Tech had a great season. Um, I, I can't stand Fuente, but that's a whole other issue. You know, Maryland had a you know I can't remember what the record was. I think they made a bowl, didn't they? Yes. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, they, yeah. they had a decent season. Then you got James Franklin and Penn State. I mean, there's a lot of very hot coaches around us who are recruit heavy and will are going to feed a lot of egos. So, it, you know, it's going to be a tough ground to recruit in, even if you are winning with the message that our coaching staff is, is pushing. If you add lo- another losing season of that, it does the hill become just too hard, too hard to climb. Um it's a weird season, but we've had bad season. You know, we've had bad season leading into it, leading into another season. We don't, or we're worried about, but for some reason, this one is just really nerve wracking as a fan because at some point, like how far behind can you fall? Um, not to be Mr. Pessimist, but I think that's kind of the, some of the the hand wringing you see on the board. No, and that look, that happens. okay. Now that I get, that I totally get, and and look, I'm I'm all about like. I'm, proclaiming how i'm out of the prognostication business right like and i i even did it all, i caught myself doing it on radio the other day i was like now listen i'm I, I mean i'm out of the prognostication business um i get where you're coming from i think the thing is is that one uh success is is fleeting in, in a lot of ways um and certainly uh you look at what virginia tech did this past season you look at uh, the recruiting that they've been able to kind of put together in a, in a short amount of time, and you understand like they're in a, they're in a really good spot. Uh, I, I'm not I'm not really sure what to make of Maryland because honestly, Maryland is not in a position uh, to really seriously challenge in that conference. Now they are certainly in a position to pull a bunch of kids from in and around uh, the DMV, uh, and if that's the case, that's going to put Virginia in a bind. Uh, that being said, uh, there was a – I forget what the um, – who did the study or whatever. I think it might have been USA Today. But it's basically like how many – and I'm going to screw this up, so I apologize in advance. But essentially like how many uh, football players or, or, or um, signed – I think I think that was a, that was a, the criteria, right? Signed. It was like the ratio essentially Division of, one. Yeah. yeah, like the number of kids who come out versus the number of students. So basically trying to figure out – like trying to, to, to say who what state puts out the most uh, – um, the most talent and, and Virginia was not yeah per capita that was a little Virginia was not that that low on the on, on I mean it wasn't I mean they were they were actually you know there, there are a lot of kids going uh, to college to play bat to play football from 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 uh, from Virginia and I think that's a that's a reality like there's a the, the, the staff was you know Co- coach Mendenhall mentioned and I've, I've heard him say it several times but like they were kind of blown away at the number of of uh, of recruits within essentially driving distance of Charlottesville 
Um, and they feel very strongly about that. Like they, I think, came in thinking, all right, we, we will we will keep our West Coast ties and bring in some talent. But now it's a, it's strictly on like a um, on like a reference basis. Otherwise, they keep moving with what they got around here. And I think that's music to people's ears. But also too, they understand like you know what, there are a bunch of schools, and it's not just Maryland and Virginia Tech. It's going to be everybody. Penn State, as you mentioned, um, Florida State will come in and pull some kids. You know, whoever like the the this this state will produce a lot of talent. A lot of that talent will go out of state. I, I don't think all of a sudden Fuente is just going to keep them all at home. Um, if anything, Maryland seems to be the team that seems to be trying to keep all home, um, which is which is sort of fascinating in a variety of ways for a variety of reasons. But I just I I, I don't I don't think uh, while I while I appreciate the pessimism and while I un- understand why folks are trying to be realistic, um, I just I, I don't I don't know if I don't know if it's it's time to start being in despair. Like it, it doesn't take a whole lot. I mean, it takes a whole lot to. To, to turn a program around, but it yeah. doesn't take a whole lot to give a spark to start that process. And like the right couple kids in the right spot um, could do that. Now Virginia can go out there this fall and go six and six and actually be in a pretty good spot going forward, right? They if they make it back to a bowl game, there's some juice. You know, hey, you can the the selling. Um, you're exactly what we need to turn around the program. Is all it's like an evergreen recruiting pitch. Like it never goes away. Um, sure, Bama has a has a recruiting pitch that's a, a lot stronger, right? You can come here and win championships and go to the uh, next level. But yeah, uh, the the idea of, of turning something around is 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 as powerful a, a recruiting pitch as there is. And I think as long as uh, as long as they're um, they're putting something on the field that looks like progress, I think even as tough as last season was, um, I think that's the key. And certainly, um, you know. Other schools are 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 gonna negatively recruit against you. That's just the the reality of the beast. Um, yep. But but I think Virginia has to do a better job of not just. I think they they've offered a bunch of kids in this class earlier, and I think that helps. I think the last class they were just a little bit too timid with the offers, and I think they've sort of learned maybe the error that way. Yeah, man. Yeah, the schedule next year is a little you know back heavy as as we've discussed. So. Yeah, I've always been a fan. Like, if if you want to generate some in, momentum, you know, if you're going to go, let's say five and seven, it's much better to go four and one and then finish five and seven, or than it is to go one and four and finish five and seven. Um, about midway through the year, people whose teams aren't doing well tend to tune out. <laughs> so you get a lot more positive pub when you're good out of the gates. Um, so yeah, Virginia's got a chance to do that. So uh, that's all I can hope. You yeah, just don't. We we can't have another Richmond. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing is it's going to be. I remember I said this a lot um, in Mike's last year. Is it, it's, it the number of wins and losses are important, but what's more important about Virginia this fall is going to be the manner in which everything happens. You know, do you feel like it's going in the right direction? Because that's going to carry the day in a way that the numbers. I mean, not to say that like if they make if they go six and six and they go to a bowl game that that's not huge because it would be, but. I also think that like they need to look good. They need to look like yeah. they're making progress. I, I think kids need to look like they're like they're taking steps forward. That there's development happening, and I, I I do think that it's very fair to say that the two and ten season makes you question a whole lot of things about 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 the program. But I also think it's fair to say that you could look at a lot of the younger kids who played last year, and they were the ones making, if not necessarily substantial gains, they were making gains. They were improving um, in ways that maybe the upperclassmen weren't. So I'm curious to see now that some of those younger guys are, are getting more time and are more, you know, a piece of the pie, uh, how that how that looks. Yep. Yes, sir. 
So let's uh, let's so move, excited. <laughs> let's move over to to basketball. Um, obviously, it's a big weekend for for, for a variety of reasons. Uh, Virginia will ha- it does currently have one of its uh, targets in the 2017 class on grounds for his official visit. A, a decision probably coming pretty quickly thereafter. Um, then at the same time, it, it it's going to be a, a busy weekend um, with coaches being out on the road. Um, Yours truly will be on the road. I'll be in Hampton at EYBL um, as long as they let me in the building, which <laughs> which can sometimes be, you know, if you don't have the like, they they always want to meet they they they're for their like media credential application. It's like they want you to have like a business card or what? It's not no no. It's a it's a uh, it's a it's a it's a uh, a journalism or journalist ID. And I'm like, what the hell is that? Like, do you mean like the thing that like gets you into a building? Because um, I don't have one of those. That's my how, my house key. You know, like I just that's how I get in there. But no, so so it'll be a lot of a lot of scouting at least on on my part. A lot of talking to to recruits and 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 hopefully getting a kind of picture of maybe where things are in in 2018. Um, what's your you're 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 a, typically an optimistic kind of guy, but you also can have some pessimism in you. How you feeling right now about 2018? You you, you want to hand ring a little bit about that? You you, you worried uh, about that class? No, I mean, look, you can't complain that we never recruit elite talent and then get nervous that you don't have three or four of them committed already. Elite talent doesn't commit early normally. Um, they're waiting to see what happens at the big schools. So, you know, you know, you don't know who's leaving to go to the NBA. Like, those guys aren't making decisions early most of the time. So you start recruiting guys who are top 30 in their class, and you're going to run into this more often. Um, but you also get a feel like the staff may not know until one pops, and you've mentioned this before, you know, until the first one commits, who does the staff really push hard on? Because, you know, there is kind of, I mean, the staff would gladly take, you know, as many of these guys as they could, but you want to take the right piece. You don't want to end up with three point guards. So you got to see who pops first. So, no, I'm not nervous. I mean, look, it's, it's a long ways away from signing day for them. And you are talking about, you know, uh, I believe any number of them would be the highest rate rated recruit that Tony's gotten. Um, yeah, that's, that's going to be interesting. Like, cause the 18 class, and I don't know if people on the board heard or were around when bossy said this, but the 18 class is not quite as, um, as good. Um, and I, that might be being very generous to them. Um, not quite as good, um, uh, as, as cl- past classes. So I don't want to say that like number, number 18 in this class equals, whatever whatever in 17 but it's just the the general consensus seems to be that the elite players in this class there 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 aren't as many of them and that there are a lot of solid players in this class but maybe not necessarily like elite players and but but in terms of rankings like you can't you can't rank you know the top 15 and then the next next kid is like number 32 like he, he, you know, he's got to be the next guy in line. And so it, that's something I think that we have to keep in mind. It's like technically the rankings are going to be what they're going to be. So these kids are going to be highly ranked um, and highly rated. It's a question of just in terms of comparing, comparing talent. Um, Virginia has a lot of needs. And so that may, that means the, the, the barn door is wide open and it's weird because the last time they, they were in this position, they were able to lock up some kids early and then have those kids sort of blow up down the road. Now it's almost in reverse. Now they're recruiting the higher, ra- higher rated, higher recruited guys um, and waiting for those decisions. Um, and I do believe that once they get one, um, 
things will start to get rolling pretty pretty well. But none of these kids are in a hurry. That's the other thing about this class is that it, nobody seems to be in a real hurry, which is uh, in some ways surprising, but at the same time not. I mean, the kids in basketball have a lot of the power because the two signing periods are very distinctly different. They play to very different audiences, and your constituency is certainly different. Like, if you are waiting until the spring, you're going to get a lot of looks because teams in the spring need dudes. Because you're yeah. going to have kids, you're going to have schools like Virginia, which all of a sudden needs a power forward. If you were if you were a good back to the basket scoring kind of guy who could move a little bit, you were going to get a look from Virginia. And, and so if you wait to decide, you know, that's that's it's also the risk you take because some schools just fill up and they don't care. Um, so, but the leverage, at least in in, in basketball, is kind of on the player side, and these kids are not in a hurry. Um, I. I I mean, I've heard from sources for months. You know, Virginia would love to do this, would love to do this, would love to do that. Like, nobody wants to move. Um, and, and it's not even just like uh, that's Virginia's problem. I think everybody's sort of having that problem. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. I mean, <clears throat> just doing a quick glance, I mean, it seems to me this year that less of the top 100, top 150 are committed at this point compared to previous years. So, yeah. If if room at the end isn't filling up at any of the schools, they've got really no pressure to make a decision. Um, and you know, and then you get into there's so many variables when you're talking about. You're right. You're right. I heard what Bossy said about about the class not measuring up to previous, you know, the 17 class. But you know, it's kind of ir- irrelevant because you're not recruiting those guys. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I'd love to have you know Jalen and Musa and. Quinterly committed already, but we, we we don't, and that's just the way it is. Um, I, I highly doubt Virginia strikes out with all of them. Um, I also highly doubt Virginia gets all the ones I want, but um, <laughs> sooner, you know, it'll happen sooner or later. I mean, I, I do enjoy the fact that the staff continues to to push um, the Francisco kid, whose name I will not even. Pre- uh, it's but ba- it's, it's Badoshi. Badoshi, yeah, I would have gotten that first time. So what's the R there for? <laughs> so, I don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, his game is intriguing. Uh, just you know, he's uber athletic and but unpolished. Um, so I mean, the staff's going to continue to do what they've always done and, and look for guys they think can, right. can help them down the road. Right. I will share this little tidbit that I got from a source today. Um, as a, I think the one interesting piece to about this at least this weekend and the live period and stuff is that Virginia's both going into this knowing that they have a certain number of targets who they they feel very comfortable with they're obviously going to be a handful of guys uh, maybe Emmett Williams um, Lugan Stortz those, those kind of kids who Tony wants to see him play see him play a little bit more not necessarily to to evaluate him but just to get a better feel for him um, it's it's interesting, though, because at the same time that they're recruiting and watching these kids for 18, they know full well that there are multiple, at least one or two dominoes that need to fall in 17 or transfers or what have you um, that will impact, right, what they do in 18. So it's almost like it's like a it's like this weird, weird world where like they go in and like, yeah, this is real, but but there's probably a pretty good chance that some of this is just going to have to just get left on the cutting room floor. And that's not typical I mean, of Virginia. I mean, typically they know who they're going to get, and even when they have scholarships available, you know, it's not as many as they have right now. And so the fact that they've had these transfers on the ta- on, the, and also that dovetails right into this bigger class, um, you know, there's a there is some uncertainty in terms of like need and fit, and you know, if if you got Noah Dickerson, what do you do in eighteen with the bigs? Do you you clearly wouldn't go for another sort of bigger. 
um, more uh, more uh, um, offensive minded guy. You go with the bouncy, really athletic pogo stick kind of kid, right? Um, he would seem to 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 complement that well. But if you don't yeah. have Noah, do you need two? I mean, like that's the thing. Is it like when they're on the road for the live periods, you, you, you sort of have to recruit as if you you won't get what you've wanted but at the same time you you kind of have to be mindful of like what's out there and what you think could happen and that's that's the feeling i get on the on the bedoshi kid as well as um the ellison kid i I just feel like if virginia really pushed and they they would they get them both um the question is whether or not they want them both and i think that's that's sort of where the rubber meets the proverbial road there um, are there specific kids in this class, Dave, that you you mentioned a second ago? You're like they probably won't get the ones you want want them to get. Um, who are your favorites in this class? Because I think there are a lot of I've, I feel like I've had I've answered this question like four or five different times, with, and and each time there are different people who have who have had different guys sort of in their list or in their top group. But if you if you could pick, you know, three or four of them, why, which ones which ones would you go with? I mean, my I think our team the only way you know. Well, not the only way, but the way that the pack line is most effective is when you have an, a big like Atkins or Mitchell. Like you can, like it's great to have a super athletic point guard. You know, you can do a lot of things when, when the shot clock's down or you know, push the ball more in transition. But what you get out of a big like Akil who could, you know, cover the post, cover the three, and get back and block a shot um, while still covering a five and then coming out, you know, that kind of diversity. That is golden. Um, you can't you can't make up for that in other ways like you can with, you know, you can you can play a London who's you know not super athletic but but savvy. Like you can't be savvy and get from the three point line to the to the basket. Like that just doesn't happen. You got to be athletic. So Jalen Smith is number one on my list, um, and will continue to be. <laughs> I don't, you know, just because of you know what he brings to the table. Um, I like Musa Jallo's game a lot. Um, is it Jallo or Jallo? I don't know. Musa. Um, and then, I mean, the rest of them, look, the, it's Quinterly and Quickly, right? Yeah, the two the two Qs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like both of their games. I, I'd be happy with either one of them. Um, but again, because you've got, you know, Ty, who would be a, a junior at that point, um, when they came in, it would be, like, it, it's not... Like I'd really like to get them, but I think Smith is, is. If you could tell me, I could pick one and take him. I'd take Smith tomorrow. You know, I I have to say, I I would I would agree with that. I think one thing that is going to consistently be a thing for them is let's say that let's let's say Virginia's uh, Christmas comes early and, and Noah Dickerson decides. You know what? I, I I like the fact that the staff came out to see me and um and 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 they've put the effort into into me for all these years. I'm going to cancel this Miami visit for later in the month, and I'm going to commit. Okay, let's say Noah Dickerson's in the fold, and so now as you look at 18, you you probably need one big, but he would be the perfect big, right? Sticks would be the perfect big because, like you said, um, you got to be able to cover space, and that's that's one thing I don't want to I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but the more I, I hear from folks about the way UVA's thinking and the different kind of um, targets that they're they're looking at, I just can't help but wonder. If I need to see Virginia on the floor next season to really get a feel for what this program will be. Now, listen, I know I just said some words, and if you put those words together, you, you can get like all bent out of shape. So take a deep breath and hold on for a second. 
Um, what I mean by that is, is like when you have length and shooting ability that that Virginia can put on the floor next year, in addition to having length and athleticism in the pack line in a way that you kind of haven't had um, in a while, at least. I I just wonder. We we saw Tony go small at times um, this year, more out of necessity. I almost feel like next year it it will be out of design. And I wonder, you know, we, I, I've heard rumblings about, you know, he and he may, he may have even mentioned this like during a, um, a press conference at some point. But the idea that like as he watched some of the NBA playoffs and he's seeing and some of the NCAA tournament finishes as well, like guard play, small ball, positionless basketball, like you can still play the pack line and play a bunch of dudes who create mismatches on the other end. And that's the thing that Virginia has now that they haven't had in the past. A lot of that's going to re- rely on on two kids who have not played yet, not just reach, not just playing well, but like reaching like max potential, right? And and I and that's a lot of pressure for two kids who have not worn a Virginia uniform yet, right? They haven't played a single minute on the on the court, and already people are are talking about how they're the secret and, and you know, like that's a that's a that's a it's fair to say that these guys, kids are. That the, they are the crux of the argument, so to speak, but like it's also maybe a little bit not so fair to say like, well, they they better work out because Virginia's doomed otherwise. And I don't care if you write for for ESPN or or somebody or some other outlet. Like, you, you got to get your you got to get your facts straight. Um, that all that all that being said, I do I do wonder as we look forward to, to eighteen if priorities don't change. I mean, like I said, these kids are not in any rush to make any decisions. Um, you know, Virginia's not going to get a commitment tomorrow. Um, the thing I think is important for them is to make sure that, you, you know, as long as, as long as you're addressing needs with talented players, that's ultimately going to be the 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 the, the thing that makes it makes it a call on whether or not uh, it was a good class or not. You know, we can we can look back at the 16 class and say, well, you know, that was the highest, but that's great. But did it did it address needs? That remains somewhat to be seen because Dre and Jay have to play. Um, I did not mean that to rhyme. Um, so I, I, I do think that you could see Virginia being a different sort of program um, if some of this works out and if this is the direction that Tone wants to take it. If he doesn't and he wants to kind of go back to more of a traditional lineup and he wants to, to, to really uh, hone that thing and, and make it you know kind of like the pack line is on the other end, make it be something that, that, that stands out, um, I get it. But I, I, I just think that they're poised in a very different position uh, and it'll, I, I think it'll be somewhat fascinating to watch kind of unfold. Yeah. And don't forget if Jay Huff is what we think he could be, he might only be here a year or two anyway. <laughs> well, you know, what's funny to me is that people always say stuff like that. And I'm mean, like, I used to be like, what are you talking about? But then like, uh, Braxton, um, key, remember him? Yeah. He, he did. He declared. And I'm like, really? Like they're just some, some, some head scratching, declarations for the nba that i that i feel like every year it gets worse and this was another like i there are some kids who declare for the draft that i understand like you could declare for the draft which basically means hey i'm gonna go play professionally the nba doesn't take you you either land in the d league or you go overseas or whatever but like man there was a bunch of dudes a bunch of dudes leaving school who have probably like no real business leaving school every year man it's gotten ridiculous really has um, well, I kind of feel like that might be a pretty good sort of place to put a pin in it. We, we will obviously have a whole lot more to get into next week um, after not just more spring ball, but also uh, a, a weekend full of basketball. Um, and, and heck, you know, Virginia could pick up a commitment in, in 10 minutes. Um, that's just the nature of this time of year. 
Um, I guess that, that technically means on both sides of the uh, of the fence, hoops and and, and football. But um, so I, I think that's a that's a good place to put a pin. It want to thank everybody out there for for giving us a listen. As I've mentioned several podcasts now in a row, I'll keep saying it. If you if you if you like listening to the podcast, but maybe you don't want to listen to it in your media, excuse me, in your mobile browser or or in your uh, web browser in general. Feel free to download a, a podcast app. Um, I'm sure they are available on your mobile device. You can download the shows that way and listen to them um, whenever you want to. I uh, want to thank everybody out there for supporting the show. Thanks to Dave for giving me uh, some time late on a Wednesday night. Uh, really appreciate uh, all you guys do for the show as well. Uh, so for David Spence, I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon. <laughs>